We're in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, a familiar story, but I invite you to listen anew. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this evening. Well, I once heard a story about Zig Ziglar, who was caught in a snowstorm in Chicago. His uh, plane could not take off, and in the time before internet, he went to a hotel nearby to try to find lodging, and went to the front desk and asked for a room, and they said, I'm sorry, sir, we're all sold out. And Zig Ziglar, the great motivational speaker, said, why don't you check again and make sure, because I'm sure there's a room that's available. And so the clerk started to go through everything, said, no, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, we don't have anything at all. And again, Zig Ziglar said, listen, I'm sure you must have a cancellation with a little snowstorm and everything. And so please look again. So he, he looked again and he's very frustrated and he said, I'm sorry, sir, we have nothing. And Zig Ziglar looked at him and said, let me ask you something, son. If the president of the United States walked into this hotel this evening, would you have a room for him? He said, I'm sure we'd find one, sir. And he said, well, I'll take his room. I'm pretty sure he's not coming this evening. <laughs> well, sometimes when we think about the innkeeper, uh, you wonder, because it says so little about the innkeeper in Scripture, and yet it is something in our imagination, I think, that, that gives some interesting moments for reflection. Because sometimes when we think about the innkeeper, we think oh, that must be sort of the original Grinch, right? Uh, that he didn't want anything to do with strangers, and so he just sort of looked through the, the door through a kind of tiny crack and, uh, and just said, listen, we don't have any room. It's the middle of the night, right? And uh, like that story in Scripture that Jesus talks about that parable. And, and yet, it doesn't say that, does it? And what it does suggest, though, is even though the inn was full, that the innkeeper found room in a stable, a humble stable. It was privileged to visit the Holy Land, and there's a couple different spots for that. But in either case, there was a, there was a stable, a room, even though humble, and that uh, there amid the, the goats and the sheep, perhaps, uh, Joseph put hay in a manger, Mary put some swaddling cloths in there, and she gave birth to his son. And he was Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and laid him in the manger. And I think it's a beautiful moment because I think we can learn a couple things, maybe whispering through the ages from the innkeeper. And the first thing is to make room for Jesus, to make room for Jesus. And the innkeeper didn't know that God was visiting the earth that day to a special baby born to Mary and Joseph, and that when he opened the door, to Mary and Joseph and open the doors to the stable, that it would be a place for the Savior of the world, for God himself, Emmanuel, to become there, to be born in that manger, and only found out later as the, the shepherds came and later the magi came and all the magic and wonder was happening, that he had opened the door to God himself in that very moment. And it's such a, such a beautiful moment. Now, the innkeeper could have just closed the door and said, we're full. We don't have anything, right? 
But the innkeeper said, you know what? I think that I got a stable. It's all I got, but what I have, you can have. What is mine is yours. And I think in our own hearts, the other thing to remember is that we need to sometimes open the door to a stranger. And we need to open our, our hearts and lives to God. In our own lives, in this moment when we think about the longest night, it's so easy when things are dark, not just physically dark in the middle of the night. We know when it's nighttime, we don't want to open the door to a stranger. But there's the darkness of the soul too, that dark night of the soul that St. John of the Cross talked about. And in our lives, that darkness may be the loss of a loved one, or maybe wrestling with an, with an illness or a loved one with illness or financial difficulties, relationship difficulties, uh, or we are just burdened by looking on the, the news screen and on the newspapers, and we see the stories of darkness, of injustice, of, of warfare, of hurt and heartbreak and despair around our world. And we are just weighed by that darkness. And in those moments, what do we want to do? I think we want to close the door to our hearts so we don't get hurt anymore. You've been betrayed and you've been hurt. You just want to close the door of your heart and lock everything out because you don't want to be disappointed again. You don't want to be hurt again. You don't want to uh, have a loved one hurt again. And I think the innkeeper would whisper to us to open the door of our heart. And when we open the door of our heart, we do open the door of our heart to the possibility of more hurt. <laughs> Let's be honest about that. I mean, the world is full of hurt and Sometimes we're hurt by people and those we love and those closest to us or, or just the circumstances of life. But the only other thing is to allow our hearts to become like stones, right? Uncaring, unfeeling, and to allow the darkness to win. But that's not what God did. God walked into the darkness of our night in the form of a baby, willing and vulnerable to share our weaknesses, our darkness in the darkest night, and God opened his heart of love and light and changed everything. And the change is still going on because there's still so much darkness and hurt and despair in our world. But God is still alive. God is still working. God is still lighting candles in the darkest night. And Christmas reminds us of that, that God would come in what the angels believe was the longest night of the year. They were off by a few days, but they didn't know the exact day, and so that was the perfect day to do that, to celebrate that God would come into the darkness and to come there. And in our own lives, I don't know the way that God might whisper to you to open the door. And maybe you're opening the door to a new relationship, or you're opening the door to, to hope, to healing. True, we might be disappointed, but to be willing to open the door. Maybe you're opening the door to bring hope and prayer into a situation that's so dark that the people there can't muster the prayer themselves, and you're there to do it. Maybe you're visiting the hospital or a nursing home or someone who's just homebound. They're not able to do that. Or maybe just a phone call, a card, a letter, some way to open the door to bring light to them. And my mom always used to say, sometimes we said, when we're feeling down, she said, go do something for somebody else. It's like lighting a candle in the night. And I've always remembered that. Sometimes it's hard because you just think, I, I just feel like I can't take a step myself. I can't do something for somebody else. But you do that. You take one step and 
Maybe you walk away and you think, well, at least I brought a little light into their night. Maybe God will send someone to shine light into my night. And, and everything will change. And it's so often throughout the scripture the case that God comes, maybe in a stranger, into the darkest night. There's that great scripture in Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2. And do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, because some of you, unbeknownst to you, have entertained angels unaware. And even if it's not really an angel from heaven, maybe it's just an angel who's a stranger that needed you opening the door. There's a wonderful story that I love of this monastery that was going downhill. And in its heyday, it had hundreds of monks, and it was thriving, doing so well. But over the years, uh, it had dwindled. No younger monks. And finally, there was just five, including the abbot. And so they got together in a meeting around a table with the abbot and said, we just don't know what to do. They were all over 70, and uh, there's no young novitiates here to become monks and people no longer visit us and so the abbot said you're right i don't know what to do i think i'll go into the village and i'll visit the rabbi there and see what the rabbi has to say and so the next day abbot goes into town and he visits the rabbi and, and the rabbit scratches his head and the rabbi says well let's open torah and so he opens torah and it opens up to the story of abraham where abraham and sarah welcomed the strangers and into their home and then God whispered in the night sky to Abraham the promise again that they would have children. They would have that promised child, Isaac, that would be a blessing to all nations. And the rabbi turned to the abbot and said, well, you know, the legend is that the Messiah will come as a stranger. And so the abbot goes back to the monks and they got around the table and said, what did the rabbi say? And they said, well, the rabbi said that Messiah will come as stranger. <laughs> so they all began to whisper, wonder about that. And so uh, well, they decided to start looking for strangers. And soon some people would visit and come and have a picnic on the, the grounds of the monastery. And so the monks became very friendly to those strangers and say, and offer them a, a drink or something to eat. And, and uh, sometimes love would find their way into the hearts of those young romantic picnicers. And so they had a a wedding and friends would come and all of a sudden uh, over the course of a year that the monastery that had no one there began to have hikers and people who were having picnics and some weddings and some celebration of life and pretty soon they had some novitiates were coming in and uh, and they gathered around about the anniversary of the time and uh, had a chance to sit down with the rabbi and the rabbi said well, how's it going he said well you're never going to believe it we have such life now uh, we have people that are visiting from outside, and they're hiking the grounds, and they're relaxing, and we have young people, even have some young novitiates. And I think it's maybe because of that scripture in the Torah that you read, it reminds us of, that Messiah will come as a stranger. And in our own lives, we don't always know what will happen, but if we, like the innkeeper, maybe had the courage to open the door, even in our darkness, maybe some light will shine. Opening the door may be praying for someone who's sick or praying for someone who has lost a loved one or sharing in some way a meal with someone who wouldn't have a friend otherwise or just giving a word of encouragement to someone or a call, a visit, whatever it is. Or in our own heart and life, just meditating in the darkness 
and in a step of faith saying, God, I know sometimes in the darkest chapters of life that you break through in light. And how do we know that? We know it because of the Christmas story. We know it because of the Christmas story. But God would pick the darkest moment of the year, the darkest moment in time, and come and be willing to share the vulnerability of a baby born in a manger, not to wealthy, affluent, powerful people, but people of ordinary means, a carpenter, a young teenage girl, frightened and alone, but full of faith that God would provide the way to them. And to bring shepherds through angel songs, to bring magi from afar, and the story unfolded. Now, at our home, we have a number of nativity scenes. <laughs> we get them out every year. One of my favorite is just a little Peter one that my mom gave us a long time ago. And, it, and it's really small. In fact, it's so small that we had to actually, we kept losing the baby Jesus in the box with a little wrapping. So uh, we had to tape the baby Jesus in the manger. So these remains taped there so to this day. So, hey, it's, it's transparent tape. So, but anyway, we haven't lost them since. Uh, and it has the things that I love. It has the little manger thing, and it has the Mary and Joseph, the manger of baby Jesus, taped to it. And, and then we have the, the shepherds and sheep and goat, and we have some magic. Oh, I just love that. But one thing that it doesn't have is, is the innkeeper. I don't know if your manger scene has an innkeeper, but when I was young, we had a manger scene with, a, with an innkeeper. I love that innkeeper because the innkeeper didn't just open the door, but we had the innkeeper, have you seen it with the lantern? With the lantern? Like he was walking Mary and Joseph in the night to the stable to make sure they were okay. And then maybe in the lantern at night to check on baby Jesus. But he wasn't just the Grinch who barely opened the door. He was someone that said, here's all I got in the darkest night. I'm going to open the door of my life, my house, everything, and give what I have let God create a miracle, and that God did. So friends, this evening, maybe we are, or could be, like the innkeeper, just carrying a lantern, just open the door crack, and allowing God to share his light to us, and for us to share our light with the world. It is a time that is often bittersweet, as we think about an empty chair at the table, someone struggling in a hospital bed, the difficulties and challenges we are wrestling with, but it's also a time to light a candle of hope in the darkest night, to ring a bell, to sing a song, to open our hearts, even as the innkeeper opened the door. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, as we think about this time of the darkest night, a season of darkness, maybe in our own soul, or a moment when we could pray for someone else who's wrestling in the darkness, whatever that darkness might be. We are reminded that you opened the door of light and love that first Christmas in a way the world never expected that has changed the world forever. And so we have faith in you, that you have a plan bigger and better than anything that we have. You have the power to see us through and you can give us the peace to trust that you will see us through. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.